I've seen God's people pray by hospital bed. I've seen them struggling for their daily bread. I've seen them standing at the grave of one who left us too young. And I've heard them crying out for their wayward son. But I've never, no, never seen the righteous forsaken. I've seen them with tears in their eyes. Seen them with their hearts breaking. I've seen them tested and tried. Seen them with their faith shaking. But I've never, no, never seen the righteous forsaken. I've seen them when it seemed like there was no help inside. And I've seen them when it seemed that life was nothing but night. But in the eyes of heaven, something else was going on. They may have been all by themselves, but they were never I've seen them with tears in their eyes. I've seen them with their hearts breaking. I've seen them tested and tried. I've seen them with their faith shaking. But I've never known, never seen the righteous forsaken. I've seen them with tears in their eyes, seen them with their hearts breaking. I've seen them tested, seen them tried, seen them with their face shaking. But I've never known, never, I've never known, never, no, I've never, no, never, seen the righteous forsaken. song off of and it's I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread and man it's so good to know that no matter what we walk through in life no matter what we face we do not face it alone because Jesus is the great comforter he is always with us and he will never leave us he will never forsake us there's a song that I asked Lindsay to do uh, today before the message and um, you know I was singing for this guy in uh, Conway Arkansas his name is Wade Lentz and Several months after we were there, I noticed that there was a tornado going right through where his church is at. So I just sent him a little message on my phone just to check on him. And 
said, hey, he passed away, and I saw there's a tornado coming right through there. Just wanted to make sure you're okay. And I'll never forget what he wrote back and inspired me and some friends of mine to write this next song. He said, the house is gone. There's nothing left but a slab. But God is good. And you know, it's real easy to talk about how good God is when everything's going our way, isn't it? When we got money in the bank, when our health's good, when our family's doing good. But even when everything around us is bad, even when our situations, our circumstances are bad, God will always, always be good. Amen? Amen. Would you give my wife a hand as she sings for her this morning? Thanks for having me. Thank you. 
Colossians chapter 4. It's the letter that Paul wrote to the church of Colossae, the group of believers assembled there. And he starts this uh, letter by exalting Christ. Amen? Amen? That's a good way to start, isn't it? Amen. Exalting Him as Creator. Exalting Him as the Redeemer. Uh, making sure we all understand that uh, Jesus Christ is God incarnate. He goes on throughout this letter to tell us about the, the believer how we are complete in Christ Jesus and, and, the, and the gift of the indwelling Spirit of Christ, of God. The believer's union with God and, 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 and this hope that we have now in life and in resurrection and, and in glory, the fruits and the results of a relationship with Christ. But we're just going to look at a simple verse at the very end of this, this letter. It's at verse 17 of chapter 4 of Colossians. He says, And say unto Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. You know, I found that every now and again we need that message, we need that wake-up call of a take heed. Preaching that gets us to say, hey, pay attention. Uh, do a checkup. Be aware of some things going on in your life. Hey, take heed. Uh, just uh, look back over the priorities and the direction of your life and take heed to the ministry that you've received of the Lord Jesus Christ that you fulfill it. In other words, that you do it. That you finish it. That you succeed. You know, this ministry that he's talking about to this believer, the ministry, it applies to all of us. As, as followers of Jesus Christ, as believers in Jesus Christ, we have a mission. You know, our, our Christianity is not just passive. It's not just, uh, the Lord forgave us of our sins and now we, we wait for heaven. You, do you think it's that? I don't. I think that we grow and we, we work with the Lord and serve the Lord and we uh, get the fellowship with Him. There's a, there is a ministry that He calls us to, a calling. You know, a, a, a minister, a ministry is an office or a function. How we serve, how, how we do our service for Christ as we minister, as we're ministers of His. We're ministers of the gospel, are we not? Our function in this world, our service to this world is to be good news broadcasters. Telling this world, hey, there is good news. We've said this plenty of times here, but there is no better news than the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for salvation. The deliverance of sin and the hope of heaven. The hope of the resurrection. My goodness. All of us as believers, all of us as believers have been given the ministry of reconciliation. So just in case you weren't sure what you were called to, you have the ministry of reconciliation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18, the Bible says that all things are of God who hath reconciled us to Himself. Hey, if you've been reconciled to God through Christ Jesus, say amen this morning. Amen. I mean, that's just good news that we've been reconciled. You know there was a time in everyone's life where we were not reconciled with God? That because of sin, the fellowship and the relationship had been broken. There needs to be a means of reconciliation. And our advocate, 
Our advocate, the great attorney of all times, came and he paid the sin debt. What? So that we could be reconciled to God. Jesus Christ. He says, if you've been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, He hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. What a great ministry. What a great ministry to be able to lead someone. We, we, we use that term here, here don't we? Hey, I, I would like to lead them to Christ. What's that mean? We can't save them. Of course we can't. We all know that. We have no power to save anyone. But we, have, we do have the power to lead people to the Savior. We do have the ability to lead folks to Christ, and that is the ministry of reconciliation. Being able to introduce people to a God that can forgive their sins. That can help them. What a joy that would be to introduce someone to Jesus Christ. Family members, friends, co-workers. That ministry of reconciliation. When we talk about our ministry, we're talking about our mission, our calling, our purpose. What God made us for. What He has purposed our life for. Our calling is better than a job. Although it may be, our calling may be part of our job. God uses that. Our, our purpose, our mission is greater than our career of just making money. Although God uses those things to, to fulfill our purpose many times in our life. But we have to recognize it for what it is. It's not just the earthly things, but God uses so many times the place that you're at and the people that you're around right now. That may be your mission. Wouldn't it be good to go to work on a mission? <laughs> go to work on purpose? Uh, go home, be with your family on purpose with a mission? Be around folks that, hey, I'm, I'm, not, just, I'm not just filling the time. I, I'm serving Almighty God in this capacity. What a purpose in that. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That's what He called us to do. Have you ever, have you ever had someone serve you as if it was their calling? It's so different than someone that's doing it just as a job, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever had, you know... By the way, if I had a doctor that was working on me, I hope that it's his calling, not just a career. Besides that, if I had a mechanic working on my engine, I hope it's his calling, not just his career. And, And Christians, hey, we ought to start looking at, hey, this is our calling, and we can represent Christ through where he's put us and what he's done. Start to see it as a mission. You know, all of us have a corporate calling. We talked about this on Wednesday night at the Bible study. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It is the will of God in everyone's life that they don't perish. What a loving God. He says that He's long-suffering. He says that He wants each person to repent of their sins. That means to turn from their sins and turn to Christ, turn to the forgiveness, turn to Him. We can say, you say, what's the will of God in my life? Well, we can say for sure salvation is the will of God in your life. Mm-hmm. Salvation is the will of God for each person, isn't it? We believe that. That's why Christ came. He came to pay for the sin of the whole world. He wants those to repent and turn from it. In Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 20, uh, verse 3, excuse me, it says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. 
In 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, God tells the will of God for each and every believer that we are to be sanctified. What's it mean to be sanctified? To be set apart for God's service. We mentioned that that is not a destination, but that is a direction that you're heading. Allowing God, the master, the master creator, the master potter, to mold your life into the image of Christ. He uses the Word of God. He uses truth. He uses the Holy Spirit. He uses other believers. He uses preaching. He uses singing. Hey, He uses suffering. He uses so many things to mold us into His will and sanctification. You know what we have to do? You say, well, I'm willing to be sanctified. I'm willing to be set apart for God's service. You have to surrender to it. You have to give your life up for it and allow Him to use it. We've said this here so many times. Hey, those that give their life for Christ, Christ said this. If you give your life, you'll gain it. If you keep your life, you're going to what? You're going to lose it. My goodness. Could, could God's purpose, could God's calling, could God's mission actually be greater than our own for our life? Of course it is. But we have to surrender to that. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, he says that everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's hard to be thankful in everything. As the song that was sung and as Joseph's testimony, hey, it's easy to be thankful when everything's going good. Everybody can do that. You don't need the indwelling Holy Spirit to be able to do that. But when everything's going bad, to be able to give thanks to the Lord, well, you need some some real power. And that power comes uh, through the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit, which are joy and peace and love and so on. It is the will of God, our thankfulness. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your own individual purpose, your own individual calling, and how to know that. Do you know what it is? Do you know what God's purpose, calling, uh, mission, ministry is in your life? I hope so. I hope so. If not, ask Him. If not, seek it. He'll show you. He'll he'll let you know. The what. The what of the ministry. Knowing what you're doing. If 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 you know what, then you know what to focus on. You know what to spend your time on. You know what the priorities are. How do I find God's perfect will in my life? Romans 12, 1 and 2. We use these verses here all the time. The Bible says... I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. There has to be a presentation of yourself to God. You say, I'm already saved. I'm born again. So are the people that Paul's talking to in Romans chapter 1. That's why he said, I beseech you, therefore, brother. He said, I've already received salvation. Yeah, but, but there's another step. Another step in your sanctification. That is the presentation of yourself to God. I present... Your body, a living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may know what is the good, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hey, as we go, as we walk with Christ, as we seek His will, as we seek His purpose, our minds become transformed through the power of the Word of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit through the power of God's working in our lives, and we're able to understand the direction and purpose and plan that God has for our lives. What a benefit. To go through life on purpose. To go through life uh, knowing that, hey, I'm walking in God's will. That's the what. 
to know what it is, to identify what God wants for you and for you to do. And then how? How do I do it? He, tell, he tells them here, take heed that you, uh, that you fulfill the ministry that God's given you. Well, how am I to do that? i got two simple words that may help us. Fulfill the how. One is be faithful. Be faithful to what God's calling you to do. And two, be faith-filled. Faith-filled. Let's look at this. Faithful is the time element. In other words, what you focus on, what, what, what you uh, put your time into, the, the uh, your priority. Your mission becomes your priority. You become steadfast in that. You become unmovable. In other words, when you know God's calling you to a place, a thing, a, 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 certain, um, a certain calling, a certain mission, then, then when the going gets tough, you don't get going. You just stay. When you know God's called you there, hey, we all know this saying, that overnight, overnight success still takes 10 years or more. Right? Overnight success still takes 10 years or more. We know what happens. You, you put the time in, you do the hard work day in and day out, and then all of a sudden, God blesses it. And you begin to see fruits and results in your life, and in your family, and in your home. After years and years of applying the truth of God's Word, and then people come along and say, oh, wow, you're an overnight success. So you, you know that's not true, Right? We know that's not true. It was all the hard work before, but people didn't see that. But we know it. And we know that, hey, the callings of God are, are, uh, and the gifts of God are without repentance. If God's called us to something, if He's told us to do something, we have to just stay faithful to it. Stay faithful to it. Putting the time in, in other words. Putting the time in. The day in, the day out. You know, if there's something you have worth doing, it's worth putting the time in. It's worth putting the energy into it. How about our marriage? Focusing on that, making that a priority, putting the time and and seeking God's will and making that uh, 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 prioritized in our life. Our children, training them up in the way that they should go and, you know, leading them to salvation. I I keep bringing this up and I'm going to continue because we just saw, you know, 10 or 15, Ten little kids walk out of this church. And, and we want to be involved in world missions. We want to be involved in all these sort of things slowly but surely as God brings us up. But my soul, we want to see every one of those little children, when they come to an acknowledgement of sin and come to an acknowledgement of Jesus Christ, every one of them children, while their hearts are tender toward Christ, except Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. Amen. I don't know that there's anything greater that Wellspring could be a part of. Amen. Look, look, I, I see this as, as part, a big, huge part of our mission is to introduce those children to Jesus Christ. I don't know where they'll go. I don't know where they'll go to college. I don't know who they'll marry. I don't know what jobs they'll all have one day. But if, we have, if we're able to introduce them to Jesus Christ and we believe His Spirit moves inside of them, seals them under the day of redemption. And He'll stay with them no matter where they go in the world, no matter what happens. Amen. God will go with them. Wouldn't that bring some peace? I see it as our mission to to train up our children, to to introduce them to Jesus Christ. We couldn't give them, look, we could give them the wealth of this world, we could give them the greatest education, we could give them the most amazing entertainment, but without God, that's what we're here to do. We're preachers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Giving our children the hope of salvation, our calling. 
Understanding what that is and putting the time into it. Our growth in Christ. I, I think we have to be faithful to our own personal growth in Christ. Studying the Scripture. Reading the Scripture. Memorizing the Scripture. Prayer. Fellowship with the Lord. We have to, we have to put the time in, right? It's definitely worth it. Faithfulness, being faithful is important. But there's another element. There's another element than just time alone. Time alone is not enough. This hit me like a, you know, when God gives you a mission, when God gives you a calling, there was a time that I thought, well, if God gives you a calling, if I'm just there, then God will do everything. And then I found out that there's a little more to it than that. You have to be there. But God expects us to have some faith. Faith is what moves God. Hey, you have to be faithful to see God work. You've got to be there when it happens. But you also have to apply yourself in faith. That's the faith-filledness. That's the taking the step. That's the action. Hey, we have to have a step. We have to have some action in our life toward Christ. Boy, one step toward Him, the Bible says, draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. Amen. That means you take one step toward God and He takes a step toward you and His steps are so much bigger than ours. But he says, draw nigh to God first. That's action. That's moving forward. Hey, we're, we're, we're Christians. We're called to live by faith. That means fear should not be in, in our vocabulary. <laughs> Other than a bad thing. He's not giving us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. That's risk. Faith is risk. When the stakes go higher, so does the passion and the intensity. That's what I kind of like about faith. Boy, when you're walking faith-filled, you can't necessarily see the next step, but you're going to take it anyhow. You're going to go forward anyhow. Hebrews chapter 11, we talk about that passage all the time. The heroes of the faith. Every one of those people, they were faithful to God. But there was more than just faithfulness to God. When God said, Noah built a boat, he built the boat. When he told Abraham to leave his country and go to a place he didn't know, he left. Each one of these people, when, they, when God called them, they stepped out by faith and went forward. They took action. They went on. That's what James is talking about in James chapter 2 when he says, I'll show you my faith by my works. He says, faith without works is dead. In other words, there's so many folks out here that say, hey, we have faith. We have faith, right? That's my faith. That's my faith. You know, they separate their faith from their whole other lifestyle. Their whole life is different than their faith. That's my faith. No, 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 no. That's faith without words. That's dead. That's what James says. That's dead. He says, if you've got faith, man, it'll change everything that you do and every direction you go and decision you make. It will start to propel you in a direction toward Christ. Amen. That's what faith does. It moves us. It challenges us. No, you know, as we, as we follow Christ, I believe he, he's constantly taking us in this faith journey. Why? Because when we're stepping out by faith, we need it. We need it. I'm glad that we have folks that are faithful come to church. We need that. That's good for all of us. But we have to have a church that is not just faithful to come, but faithful to go. Faithful to step out and do something when we leave this building. Fulfilling our own missions. Fulfilling our own callings. Having a faith-filled church. 
We want to see God work. We want to see God move us uh, to, to another building eventually. That's going to take faith. It's going to take action also. We want to see God save folks uh, all around the world. You see, that's, that's crazy. From such a little church, hey, that takes faith, but it also takes action. We're going to have to be faithful to that calling, faithful to that mission, but also faith-filled. And eventually, we're going to have to take some steps. We're going to have to do some doing, <laughs> some going, some getting out and getting it done. You can only talk about it for so long before finally we've got to take action in our life. What's God calling you to do to take action? Is it your personal growth? Is it your uh, witnessing to your family? Is it, is it uh, changing some things in your career? Is it, what is it? What is it? I'm sure it's scary. Why? Because it's going to take faith. It's going to take a step. What would God do if we, this church, believed Him and acted on it? Just us. If we believed that He could do anything and then acted on it. Boy, when you start believing that God can do anything... That's what we're going to do corporately as a church. But what about you in your own life, your own calling? We're going to have to take that step. Be, be faithful to God's mission to you, but be faith-filled. How about Peter? Everyone gives Peter a hard time. He's always kind of running his mouth and spokesperson for the, for the apostles there, the disciples. But Peter walked on water. You say, well, Jesus Christ walked on water too. Yeah, but Jesus Christ was God. He made the water. He could do whatever he wanted to with the water. He'd walk on it. He could do whatever he wanted to with the water. Peter was a man. And he asked God, can I, can I come out there? He asked Christ on the water. He said, can I? The Bible says that he stepped out of the boat. I read it. Matthew chapter 14, verse 29. He said he stepped out of the boat and he walked on water. Can you imagine what the other disciples were? I mean, he steps out of the boat in the middle of a storm. And he begins to walk on water. Sometimes we just kind of read over that. That's a miracle. That's an absolute miracle. We still use that expression today, don't we? Well, you know, they think they walk on water. Or he thinks she walks on water or whatever, you know. But Peter did. He actually walked on water. I wonder if he ever used that at home, you know. <laughs> hey, honey, you know I walked on water. I doubt she would uh, be impressed with that at all. But, but you know, it... it God's going to challenge our faith. We all have personal testimonies of it. Last time uh, Joseph was here, he talked about uh, a time in his life when he went through some dark times, some hard times, low times. And he felt like God was calling him out to, uh, be, uh, to, to sing solo and, and, and to start that ministry that way. And in the back of my mind, we haven't talked about this, but in the back of my mind, I'm assuming there was some, some fear. There was some steps of faith. When God calls you a different direction. You could just wait and sulk in your pain and your misery and your darkness. Or you can choose to allow God to move forward. This last year, I was just, as I do sometimes at the end of the day, checking some uh, highlights on Fox News video clips. And uh, uh, I was in the living room. Rebecca's in the kitchen. And I saw your picture on there. And I was like, hey, Rebecca. Joseph's on Fox News being, being interviewed. I was excited about it. I know him, you know. And I listened to your interview there and how you, you told that God led you and you stepped out by faith. And I believe, I believe that that's, that's, that's what it takes. It takes that stepping out by faith instead of just being scared and staying where you're at. Just like the message was last week. Just going out. Don't die in place, but move forward. Stepping out by faith. I remember uh, 
coming down in here about a year ago. Three years ago, excuse me. About this time. And I was meeting with Dr. Beal one night to pray out, out here in the yard while this church was under construction. And he and I were talking about, can we use this building? Are you sure you know what you're saying yes to? To let this church, uh, this building be a church. You know, people coming onto your property all the time. And I, I've kept this piece of paper that he gave me three years ago. And that was his answer. He walked up and he said, God told me this today while I was working in my garden. He handed me that. And I never forgot it. Anytime you might get discouraged, anytime you don't see results that you want, I look back and it said, God said yes. God said yes. He said yes. If you want to do it, if you want to serve Him, if you want to see God work in your life, He says yes. If you, if you want to see Him uh, change your situation, change your circumstances, take you out of the storm that you're in, He says yes. Step out. Follow Him. Seek Him. Walk toward Him. That's what Peter did. He got out of the boat, but he was heading the right direction. When, you know, when a storm comes, the, the, best, the best thing to do when a storm comes is stay in the boat, humanly speaking. Right? I, that's what I would think. I'm not, I, I don't spend a lot of time up in the sea. But if there's big waves and a big storm, I'm staying in the boat until the boat's going down. It just makes sense. But Peter, he got out of the boat in the middle of the storm, but he went the right direction. He went toward Christ. He went toward Christ. And that's it. That's it. Enacting our faith. What's God calling you to do? How do you need to get out of the boat? Take that step. Take the step. So we're talking about your mission. We're talking about the calling. The what. Finding out what it is. The how. Be faithful. Be faith-filled. And then why? If you're like me, you want to know why. Why is it worth it? Why do I do it? Why should I fulfill my mission? Me personally, I am convinced that the best way to live is the Christian life. I'm convinced. That does not mean that I'm perfect. That doesn't mean that I represent Christ all the time perfectly. That doesn't mean that our fellowship, because of my sin, sometimes isn't broken, that I need to go and repent and ask for forgiveness. Don't get me wrong, but deep down in my heart and in my mind, I know the best way is to walk with Christ. I know the best way is putting my feet and my family on the foundation of Jesus Christ and following Him in fellowship with Him and in, 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 his, in his presence. A life of faith, a life of fellowship. He can help us. You know that? He can help us. And we all need help. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you got going on. He can help. He can help you in your life. He can lead you. He can guide you. He can show you His calling, His mission for you. He can really give fulfillment. For every believer, every Christian, His will in our life should be our highest priority. Check out your priorities. Just kind of go over them as far as your last week. Was Jesus Christ your King, your Savior, and your Lord? Was He your highest priority? And I'm not trying to make us all feel bad because honestly, that statement right there could make us all feel bad. <laughs> but, but just keeping Him first in our life and that we love Him and that we need Him and that we have to have Him. He is our highest priority. Surrender to it. Give your life for it, just as that verse says. He can bring perfect happiness, perfect peace, perfect love. You say, that sounds way too good to be true, Sean. That He can truly bring all that things in your life just through a walk with Him, just through a presence with Him. Try it. Try it. See if He can. What's your mission? Here's the call to action as we close. 
What has He called you to do that's going to take some faith? That's going to this week say, okay, if I'm going to walk, walk with Christ, if I'm going to follow Him, I need to overcome this fear, this thing right here, and I, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to say I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell other people I'm going to do it just so that I can't back up from doing it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow Christ by faith. He's calling you to something. I know He is. I know He is. You know why? Because if you're in a relationship with Christ, He's always calling you closer, and so there's always something to, to, to draw us in that sanctification process. What is it? Are you willing to surrender to Him? Are you willing to be faithful? Are you willing to be faithful to Him and what He had you to do and the things that He's called you to do? Has other things taken your time? Has other things taken your priority? Has other things taken your focus off of the mission? My goodness, there's nothing more dangerous than have other things take your focus off of the mission. Off of the, what's the mission? The call to action. Hey, what do I need to be faithful to? What do I need to be faith-filled to? I'm willing. I'm willing to surrender my life because I believe that His calling for my life, His mission for my life, His ministry for my life, is the greatest. We're going to pray, and Joseph's going to sing. As you bow your heads, if, if God, this is really the, the, the message here, if God's calling you to step out to do something by faith, I want you to tell the Lord that you're going to do it now. I want you to pray and tell Him, hey God, I'm going to change some things in my life. The faith that I'm taking in Christ right now is actually not just a, a feeling I get in church or something in my head, it's going to affect my schedule this next week. It's going to affect my life. It's going to affect some people around me because it's going to change me. Faith is going to change me following Christ. Dearly Father, God, we come before you. Lord, you're so wonderful. You're so good. You've given us all purpose and you've given us all mission. Thank you for that. Thank you for the ministry that you put us into, God. Help us to be faithful to you. Help us to serve you. Help us to love you and be faith-filled people, God. We know that faith moves you, and God, we want to see you move. We want you to work in our hearts and lives, so God, we're asking you now to change us, to make us in the image of your Son, Lord, draw us close to you. God, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Last night when uh, Pastor Sean told me what he was preaching on, I, I always asked him, if I sing before a sermon, I'll try to ask the pastor, so I kind of sing something that lines up with that, and the Lord kind of laid this song on my heart. Um, this is an old hymn. I, mean, I grew up singing hymns of the church, but I had never heard this hymn before until my wife introduced me to it. It's probably one of the most convicting songs that I ever, I've ever heard in my life. And you should listen close to the words and the lyrics in this song. Take time to be holy. Speak oft with thy Lord. Abide in Him always. And feed on His Word. Make friends of God's
Take time to be holy. The world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By